video obtained by ABC News appears to show the fury of the Turkish attack on the border town of Talabya. A border town bombarded by Turkey's military. This video right here appearing to show Turkey's military bombing Kurd civilians in a Syrian border town. The Kurds who fought alongside the U.S. against ISIS. Now horrific reports of atrocities committed by Turkish-backed fighters on those very allies. Hey, hey, welcome back. Welcome back to the Whistling in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Bradley. Uh, this is episode 37. Today is Monday, October 14th, 2019. And what you just heard was part of the ongoing uh, most recent hysteria uh, well, according to Twitter or wherever else, it's mainly about Trump. But it just so happens to actually intersect <clears throat> with a topic that the listeners of this podcast would be very familiar with, which is the Middle East. And so that clip, <clears throat> as you heard ABC news claiming was a horrific attack on the Kurds after Donald Trump ordered the U.S. military to vacate an area in northern Syria where U.S. soldiers were basically in between Turkey and the Kurds. <clears throat> so... Uh, <laughs> We'll get into that, but it turns out, so this is um, the Washington Examiner, and the article is ABC News slaughter in Syria footage appears to come from a Kentucky gun range. A man named Beckett Adams wrote this uh, earlier today. So he says, are you distrustful of the coverage of what is happening now in northern Syria between the Kurds and the Turkish army? You have good reason to be. ABC aired supposedly shocking footage Monday and Sunday purporting to be from the frontline battle between the Syrian Kurds and the invading Turks. The only problem is the footage appears to come from a nighttime gun, machine gun demonstration at the Knob Creek gun range in West Point, Kentucky. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, absolutely outrageous. I... I mean, it's so bad. It, it's it's hard to uh, to believe, you know, that they would just take some footage. I mean, from a United State, from a U.S. gun range, and I mean, why not at least take it from other war footage in the Middle East or in Syria? I mean, there's I've been fighting a war in Afghanistan for 18 years. I'm sure there's some footage that you could get. It would probably look a hell of a lot more like what was happening in Syria. I mean, this video was, it was like a wooded area and they're firing machine gun fire into it. And I don't know. Anyway, so I wanted to talk about a pretty, probably a short episode 
I mainly wanted to talk about this Syria, uh, pulling the troops out of northern Syria, or at least relocating them. Um, not so much about, you know, the uh, strategic or military kind of aspects of it, but more how just baffled I've been in the last several days. Um, I forget when this started. Maybe it started on Friday. But with people's reaction to this, and certainly not surprised by the media coverage of it, but, you know, well, yeah, we'll get into that. Um, Maybe a a few other topics. Um, We have the... uh, what I thought was pretty interesting. There's an NBA owner tweeted or was talking about some in support of Hong Kong and the, you know, the protesters there and the kind of reaction and backlash to that. I saw the Joker movie. There was a lot of sort of ridiculous stuff around, around that, of course, and possibly this Ukraine whistleblower stuff. I'm, I'm not, um, I haven't been hugely invested in it, but I did want to sort of just talk about it more in context of <clears throat> what has been going on the last several years. And in particular, uh, the last year and a half since I've been doing this podcast, I've been paying a lot more attention pretty consistently to the media and it I mean without knowing a single detail you know it it smells funky so <laughs> I mean I, I do know some details now but I mean when I first you know I think a friend showed me something on his phone about and you know my response was just <clears throat> They came after him for two years and spent all that money and all those resources for this Russia collusion that was just a complete whiff. And so, I mean, I I just I have trouble getting up for this one, you know. This seems way more half-assed an attempt. Um, and they've released the transcripts. I think he actually, I think Trump is actually the one that put him out there. But as far as I can tell, or far as I know and everything I've heard, there's nothing impeachable in there. So I don't know. It's kind of dying down. Oh, and I did want to talk about Project Veritas. They had uh, a CNN whistleblower come out so we'll we'll see and if you don't know about project veritas i'll try to give a little background on that um so but the the big thing to me is the trump syria pullout and more importantly, the reaction to it. <clears throat> so I'll start by saying 
I was surprised that this was uh, such a focus and that it garnered just so much attention. And <clears throat> I mean, this is outside of actual new uh, wars that we've gotten into, um, you know, various large of offenses or, you know, big events, this small troop movement, from what I understand, I think we're talking in the number of hundreds of troops. I think they may be speaking about a single base. I'm not 100% on that. But I believe that at this point, we only have about 2,000 troops in Syria altogether, and this isn't all of them. And I believe we're, we're talking about troops numbering in the hundreds and moving them somewhere. And this has been the biggest news. I doubt there's any military maneuver during Obama's presidency, the eight years that got more attention than this. And yeah, so it, that, that was my first uh, response to this was that why all of a sudden do people, you know, and obviously it's mainly Democrats, but th it was a bit bipartisan either um, because the neocons are sort of opposed to, you know, anything, anything resembling anti-war. So, for instance, Lindsey Graham spoke out against it. A, I believe, South Carolina senator. Um, but, you know, all, all the Democrat politicians or voters that had that were asleep for eight years of Obama absolutely wreaking havoc across the Middle East. And all of a sudden, they wake up now. And they, and they wake up at what at least at first blush doesn't seem to be such a major... I don't know, move. I mean, he, you know, Trump's for in the sense of what would really wake up the the true powers behind this war machine. Something that could threaten ending a war or wars. And Trump actually talking about well, I mean, to be fair, the Democrats went after him for peace talks with the Taliban. So the Democrats, you know, and I'm talking about the main, obviously like the leadership, not certainly Tulsi Gabbard, for one, is not opposed to having peace talks or pulling out of the Middle East in any way. And she is a Democrat. Um, the only... Uh, the only 
maybe I can pull it up because people blast Rand Paul all the time. And, and I'm not saying it's not deserved, but I believe that Rand Paul was the only person that I saw that is any sort of significant role in government it's amazing how bloated Facebook has gotten now it used to be so fast and lean and now it's just loading 10 million things at once um yeah I don't know maybe uh, maybe Maybe it was just on Twitter or something. But I promise you that Rand Paul supported this. And he's like the only one. Um, everybody coming out. Uh, here we go. Everybody, everybody coming out. You know, blasting Trump on this. Maybe not Mike Pence, the vice president, but probably almost everybody else. Rand Paul, he says, send, when he was asked, or something about sending troops to help the Turks and Kurds get along is not in our national interest. We should vote on it in Congress and declare war if that's what the people want. And so he's sticking very close to the same message that his father, Ron Paul, kept up for all these years. You know, for all these years. Reforming the democracy. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry for getting sort of slowed up there. Now, so that's, that's, you know, Rand Paul says, if we can save one American soldier from losing their life or limbs in another senseless Middle Eastern war, it is worthwhile the real Donald Trump knows this, yet the bloodlust of the neocons knows no bounds. Think about that. He he leaves this right on the doorstep of the neocons as far as the negativity or whatever, that they are just so freaked out. And look what Nancy Pelosi, pleased to have a conversation with the Senator Lindsey Graham this morning, our first order of business was to agree that we must have a bipartisan, bicameral joint resolution to overturn the president's dangerous decision in Syria immediately. So I think I think that you, without any exaggeration or any qualif qualification, I think Nancy Pelosi can be safely lumped in as a neocon. There, you know, when she's absolutely against pulling out of Syria. She wants to fight. I'm sure she wants more troops. And she is a proponent of endless war, as that's what this is a part of. <clears throat> There's always, you can always make up a reason. You can always, you know. The, so this whole thing has been couched in this idea that the Kurds were our allies 
as we f- and helped us to fight ISIS. So that's basically been the running narrative that Trump has betrayed our special friends, the Kurds. The Kurds are the same people that Saddam Hussein gassed and absolutely brutalized while, you know, under our protection and getting our funding. You know, we didn't give a fuck about the Kurds then. I mean, we've never really cared about the Kurds, but we also never care about anybody in the Middle East at all because it's never been about anything resembling freedom or uh, liberty, doing the right thing, helping poor or disenfranchised people. It's never been about, you know, it's never been about overthrowing dictators, none of that. It's all about the power. It's all about continually continuing the money flow, getting more control, getting rid they do not care what religion these people are. They do not care if they're secular. They do not care if they're horrible dictators. All they care about is will they play ball with us? And us, I don't believe, is the United States. I believe it is a supranational group of very, very wealthy men and a limited number of women. So that's what I think is going on. And they are playing on the sympathy for, you know, these Kurdish people when we created ISIS. I mean, what the to me, the most stark example or statistic I've heard is that after 9-11 there were less than a thousand total Al-Qaeda members you know they numbered in the hundreds when ISIS was peaking they had somewhere around 100,000 soldiers. That's what, that's what this war or these wars collectively, that's what they unleashed on the Middle East. They unleashed an army of 100,000 ultra-radical soldiers that were, you know, just trying to take over everything. And... As they always, you know, or Scott Horton will always, always remind us. And Tulsi Gabbard went to Syria herself to talk to people, to talk to the, the actual citizens of Syria. 
And she asked again and again about these rebels. Because remember, the story we're told is that there actually are three groups fighting. You have Assad and the Syrian army. You you have ISIS or Al-Qaeda. And then you have the Syrian rebels, who we're told is a third distinct group. And the United States has to come in at defense because this, what we're told, is a natural uprising of the people of Syria against their oppressive dictator. But what every non-neocon has come out and said is that There is no third group. There is ISIS, Al-Qaeda, you know, whatever you want to call them, the Sunni rebels, and there's Assad's army. And there's just a bunch of fucking innocent civilians caught in the middle. And so if you have, you know, any doubt that the United States started this war, now's the time to let go of that. Because this war is ISIS versus Syria. And ISIS is a U.S. creation. Remember, less than 1,000 in 2001, and then upwards of 100,000 soldiers that then started to invade Syria. And we fought alongside them. U.S. troops fought with them in Syria and against them in Iraq. And I have no idea what they do with them in Yemen. We've talked about that before, but there is certainly ISIS slash Al-Qaeda in Yemen. And, you know, they're Sunni, Saudi Arabia is Sunni, and the Houthis in Yemen are Shia. So, yeah, I mean, there's a natural alignment of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. I mean, ISIS and Saudi Arabia in Yemen. But I don't know that it's that simple. I don't know that it's just, oh, you're a Sunni, I'm a Sunni, you know, we're all on the same team. But it's certainly a lot more friendly um, and at least somewhat allies you know, in that war. And there is absolutely no doubt the U.S. is now officially, you know, behind Saudi Arabia and Yemen. So that means they are behind ISIS in Yemen and against the Houthis and against a million children starving to death there. The worst humanitarian crisis in the world. So we have all that. We have an 18-year war in Afghanistan. And I don't know, a million people have died in the Middle East as a result of these wars. And that's not, that's that's like actual casualties. I don't mean just about all the people that have starved in countries because we've absolutely destroyed the infrastructure of this entire region. Just many, many countries absolutely sending them back to the Stone Ages. And, and now... Some hundreds of troops are moving 
and Twitter is ablaze. And Donald Trump, they will never, they will never forgive us. Nancy Pelosi says, pleased to have a conversation with Senator Lindsey Graham this morning. Our first order of business was to agree that we must have a bipartisan bicameral, which I don't know what that means. Uh, I think that might mean the House and the Senate joint resolution overturned the president's decision in Syria immediately. Uh, you know, and, and you look at the comments, it's just people are, I mean, you People, you know, you generally right. You don't know what you don't know. But, I mean, you got to at least think that, hey, I haven't paid any attention to this. But, I, you know what? They're just fed. You know, they're, I mean, they're barely alive at this point. And they're certainly not free thinkers. And so ABC News, they run, you know, some movie, a video from a Kentucky gun range and tell you the Kurds are getting slaughtered and people, I mean, that's it. It's done. I mean, I wonder how many people that just assumed that was true are ever actually going to reverse what they think. And to me, I think that's part of the trick. I mean, I think that's what they're realizing or what they've learned in the last couple of years. Well, they certainly advanced it as far as the, the propaganda techniques. I think the technique of lying egregiously but giving it a lot of shock and awe, saying something crazy, just doesn't, you know, not true, but I don't know, just making something say, you know, Donald Trump was caught with, you know, three underage boys having sex with them. And yeah, here's the, the account, eyewitness account, blah, blah, blah. And then three days later, put out a, you know, recant that statement, but, you know, do it in a half-hearted way. There's, I, the damage is done, you know, do that over and over. And I think that there's some natural part of our brain machinery that just assumes where there's smoke, there's fire. At, at some point, you know, like going from the Russian thing, I mean, which is a massive hoax, right? It started with the Steele dossier, which Hillary Clinton's campaign created, and then carry that for two years and bombard them and bombard them with this, and then follow up now with the Ukraine thing. People just say, oh, well, maybe the Russian thing wasn't, I don't know. But what are the odds that both of these things aren't true? Probably 100% or 99, you know, because the whatever it is, CNN, ABC, NBC, they're fucking liars. They don't, it's, they're not, they're, they're lying with purpose is kind of, is, is my point is they're not getting the story wrong. They are directing 
the thoughts of the American public by lying and then just later possibly correcting, uh, you know, the statement later. But it's too late, you know. And, and it's funny, so people are, you know, responding to this. Wow, is this going to make any difference to the Kurds now? First, Trump told Turkey to go into Syria, do as he wished. Now you're all going to pretend like sanctions will fix it. Those sanctions will be removed eventually. It's too late. This is the reason why Trump was always worth impeaching. We were telling anyone who would listen that he was dangerous. Congress is the reason why he feels he can do whatever he wants to do. He needs to be impeached and removed immediately. Impeached. This is from Black with a Q, 3G. So this fucking ding dong thinks that Donald Trump should be impeached for pulling troops out of Syria. A place that we've never declared war, has never attacked us. I mean, just, it it's not the United States. The Kurds are not a group of people in our country that are being threatened by somebody from outside of our country. This is a completely foreign country that absolutely does not consent to a U.S. occupation, but the U.S. has been in there for, I don't know how long they've been in Syria now, five years, five plus years. And like this, and I get it, right? This is just some fucking moron on Twitter. But this, I think that this person is pretty average. I think this is what a lot of my friends think they think like this they they just don't really think they're just fed and then it, it starts to go in and and they it appears like they're responding and like in their mind they don't realize that they're just regurgitating like a mashup of words that they've heard over the last week from all these different outlets that have this agenda to just drive this home to you but they're doing it and you know, I mean, the idea of impeaching somebody, impeaching a president for removing troops from a foreign nation that another president had started, that another president had invaded. Remember, like, the U.S. invaded Syria. This isn't, this isn't anything but that. There's no way to spin this, right? No matter what any outside no, no matter what china would ever say on twitter there's no way we would ever be okay with their troops here and then coming up with some reason why they had to protect the texans against you know or some piece of texas against mexico you know invasion it's like, well, I don't know, you know, before we attacked Syria and fucked up that whole country, somehow the Kurds were like, wherever the Kurds are, and Turkey was where Turkey wasn't gonna attack Syria, right? I mean, you know, like we started this. 
So, I don't know. This, out of all the stuff, calling Trump a racist or whatever, you know, sexist, all this stuff, this, which I think the, the racism part is just so agenda-driven. I don't fucking know. Like, I really don't. I mean, this dude's been in the public spotlight for, what, 30 years before he was a president? And you never once, ever, ever once heard him accused of being racist or whatever. And now, you know, he's the biggest racist of them all. I saw something with T.I. debating <laughs> Alex Jones. What a fucking absurd debate that is. But, you know, I, I just caught kind of some of the beginning. And he's like, look, man, like, I know... I, you know, I don't really know what he's done or what he's doing or blah, blah, blah. But I know that he's racist. It's like, what? Like, you don't know what he's done or what he's doing? Why do you even care then? If you don't know what the guy, you, if you don't know what the president does, I mean, why are you weighing in? Like, maybe find out a little bit first. I mean, you have no idea. He's killing a shit ton of people in the Middle East. Just like your fucking Lord and Savior, Barack Obama, and just like the neocon Savior before him, George Bush. They're all fucking murdering. But, and this is, this is what I'm getting to. What, what? So, okay, so why the outrage? Why does the media pick this up? Because remember, like, they're not, you know, they're not reactionary. I, I I don't believe that at this point, for the most part. I'm talking about the big media outlets like CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, MSNBC. And I don't really know what the deal with Fox News is. I don't exactly know how they fit into this. Um, but Fox News certainly loves its share of war. But I, at this point, they're probably the most anti-war of all the major media outlets. So, why this? Why, why not pulling out of Afghanistan, but why this? And I believe that the, the reason, the theory is, is because this move is what ends this whole Syria thing. This is the move. And it seems so small, but, you know, all the, these neocons and, and, you know, Nancy Pelosi and all her neocon hombres, when it comes to war, they're not so dumb. You know, when, when Scott Horton talks about, uh, you know, how ridiculous the, like, what the, what the fuck did we think when we took out Saddam? You obviously were going to wind up with a Shiite controlled Iraq and, you know, and then we wind up trying to kind of fight them and we're, then the ISIS comes in. It's like, we're enemies with everybody, but depending on what side of the border we're on, we're, we're friends, we're enemies. And, and there's one kind of, take on this that oh they're a bunch of bumbling idiots 
And I just don't see how the bumbling idiots are the most powerful people and how us super smart people are, you know, left just castrated on the sidelines, just ineffectually whining into a microphone. So I, I tend to not, I tend to give them the benefit of the doubt, the neocons or whomever. I think that they are probably very, very intelligent people behind them. And maybe it wasn't such a surprise that invading Iraq destabilized the whole region. Maybe they never believed their lie. That was just for the people. I mean, to me, that seems most likely true. So, but why would this end? Why would this end the Syrian? And it could be wrong, but it could be right. And I think the fact that it could be right is what is possibly leading to this sort of media outrage. Um, and it's still funny, though. I mean, because it's not going to do anything, you know? I mean, what's... I don't know. I mean, I, I just can't see Trump responding to this and being like, oh, I was wrong. We should go back and fight turkey a nato ally like i don't i mean think you i think if we attack turkey the rest of the nato countries would be like bound by the nato agreement to like attack us or something crazy so uh but here's an article and i believe this is at this is I'm trying to see. Why is this like this? Um, Antiwar.com. All of a sudden, it's all weird. Okay. This was like a top article there. And they say, Syrian Kurds, Damascus, reach deal in Russia back talks. The Kurds will hand key cities to the Syrian army to defend. Syrian ground troops are moving north to confront invading Turkish forces per a deal that was reached by the Kurdish, Kurdish SDF and the Assad government. And this is from, as per the Guardian. In talks, uh, the deal sees the Kurds unilaterally handing over two important cities, Kobane and Man. Man Monbij, both in the Aleppo province, to the central government to rule. This means Turkey's invasion of those cities would be a direct invasion of Syrian cities under government control. Those two cities are also where Syrian's army is heading first. This would make Turkey attacking those cities more controversial and also raises the possibility of Russia intervening, intervening on the government's behalf. Kobane is a Kurdish-dominated city on the immediate border with Turkey. It was repeatedly contested by ISIS during the war and would likely be an early target as Turkey's troops fan out in the 30-kilometer safe zone. Manbij on the Arab-majority city seized from ISIS in a U.S.-backed offensive is about 30 kilometers from the border, but would clearly be a prize for Turkey's Arab rebel allies would cover. Mind you, the Turkey Arab rebel allies are ISIS. So, you know, once again, the Syrian, the that... I think they call it the Free Syrian Army or whatever. That's ISIS. That is Al-Qaeda. That is not 
some fucking independent freedom movement that grew up you know it's not what you're seeing in hong kong right now it's it's uh it's isis while the terms of an overall deal are not publicly known superficially the plan seems to be for syria's military to assume defense of the westernmost territory of what turkey is attacking freeing up more kurdish fighters to resist offenses offensives Further to the east, Syria had initially expressed an aversion to talking with the Kurdish SDF at all, calling them separatists and agents of Washington because of their long-time ties with the U.S. It's not clear that's entirely warranted, as the Kurdish political leadership had long envisioned a post-war solution with semi-autonomy within a federalized Syria. Russia, who has advocated a federal system post-war, clearly wanted to get these two sides together. The Syrian government never agreed to Kurdish autonomy, and it is speculated that the deal might spell at least a partial end to that. In the near term, however, both sides are more worried about slowing a Turkish invasion than about running day-to-day operations across Syria. So, there you have it. The fucking slaughter of the Kurds looks to have been thwarted. So, that is one lie down... Um, as much as the uh, as much to the chagrin of Pelosi and her neocon friends, this is the worst possible outcome for them. Do you see that? This is it. This is what they don't want to have happen. This is like everything they don't want. Assad strengthened. Russia playing the the uh the you know the intermediary not us we're not the ones that are brokering peace in the United States no we're the ones bringing death we bring death and war and destruction and i mean i'm not saying russia isn't you know terrible too but they seem to be pretty easily able to come in and negotiate this thing that you know, Pelosi and the neocons just could not imagine occurring just days ago. But somehow I could. Somehow I thought knew this. And it's not because I've been studying uh, Syrian Kurdish, you know, relations. It's because, I don't know, you know, I listen to Scott Horton and Tom Woods and uh, read antiwar.com. This is what people figured. People were like, hey, yeah, it's not, this isn't the best thing, you know? It's, 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 not, it's not like ideal, but the instant we step away and things look better for everybody involved. So, don't believe the hype, is what I'm saying. Because we need to get out of there. There's hardly anything more important than getting U.S. troops out of the Middle East, out of all these wars, you know? 
so yeah, so that's that's all I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna finish that topic there, and I, you know, I do want to keep this pretty short, and um, I would like to talk about the NBA owner tweeting about Hong Kong. So I'll try. I got an article here. This is from The Ringer. I don't know what this. I, I don't think there's much in dispute as far as what was said. Uh, but The Ringer, this is from, I mean, this is from about a week ago. So Daryl Morey's Hong Kong tweet has put his relationship with the Rockets in limbo. Um, the Houston general manager. Oh, this was a general manager. I'm sorry, I wasn't even the owner. That's that's kind of interesting. Didn't realize that. Um Came out in support of the protest movement in Hong Kong and the backlash from owner, Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta, Chinese government and Chinese business interests have rocked the franchise and the NBA. Rocked the Rockets. Mm, clever writing. The Houston Rockets suddenly find themselves in the middle of a geopolitical controversy that could put their chief front office executive's job in jeopardy. After general manager Daryl Morey expressed support and he since deleted tweet for pro-democracy efforts in Hong Kong. Let's see. They have a link here if I can. Ah, never mind. Uh, the Chinese government, the Chinese Basketball Association, and various Chinese businesses quickly denounced Mori and moved to sever ties with the Rockets as a consequence league sources told the ringer the Rockets ownership has debated Mori's employment status and whether to replace him. Imagine that. Imagine, imagine this guy is in favor of these people in Hong Kong who are trying to 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 keep or get their freedom from you know one of the one of the most oppressive murderous governments on the face of the earth um particularly when you look at the the murdering of their own people uh, I, I mean china hasn't been nearly as offensively bloody as us as the us but inside their borders they're absolutely horrible and all this shit about how they're liberalizing you know economically they're getting more freedom that's true in a limited in a limited sense for sure but it's still a third world country and it is still a communist hardcore communist regime with very strict control of its population and they are still disappearing people to this day for stepping out of line uh anyway so the nba or the rockets are talking about thinking about getting and you know let's see but i, I kind of want to go through this article because as usual i i'm as interested in the actual topic as much as the way it's discussed the you know reading between the lines or what's not said um so you know the ringer 
seems to not, you know, they certainly aren't, haven't said anything yet to, to imply that they don't think that it's pretty reasonable to fire this man over supporting the protesters in Hong Kong. Um, so, you know, yeah, you should be fired unless you, I mean, so if, I wonder if he came out like pro-China and like, They'd be like, oh, all right. So on Sunday, the Chinese Basketball Association it's issued a statement on Weibo, a Chinese social media platform akin to Twitter, except, you know, I'm sure it's owned by China, like directly controlled by, I mean, our social media is certainly infected by the government, but, you know, the Chinese Basketball Association, I doubt that's a private corporation either. Uh, and expressed its strong opposition to what it called Maurice's improper remarks regarding Hong Kong. As a result, the CBA said it was suspending exchanges and cooperation with the Rockets. The Chinese consulate in Houston also issued a statement saying it was deeply shocked by Maury's erroneous comments and expressed strong dissatisfaction. The consulate also urged the Rockets to correct their and take immediate concrete measures to eliminate the adverse impact. I mean, just oh, fuck China, man. Fuck them. Like, they're, fuck the Chinese government. I mean, seriously, like, it's, it's wild, you know? I mean, this is, so, I'll say this. I think this is an issue I've kind of slept on. And this is something that, I mean, beyond any, I, I mean, almost everything that I've heard on this subject has been from Alex Jones. He has been freaking out for years about, he always calls them the chai comms. Um, but China's increased influence and in owning all of these U.S. businesses. And, I mean, look at this control. And it's one thing for the, you know, I mean, right, Kim Jong-un could, or Kim Jong-il, uh, I forget if he's un or ill. The one that's alive now could say something crazy about an NBA owner, right? But the NBA is not going to do anything. It doesn't care what that guy says. I don't care what these, you know, Chinese officials say or whatever. But it's that the NBA might listen. You know, the Rockets might fire this guy. Morning, the Rockets are currently in Tokyo as part of an NBA slate of preseason games in Asia. Representatives for the Rockets did not immediately reply to questions via email and attempts to reach Mori for comment were unsuccessful. So the article continues. So what exactly happened? On Friday evening, Mori tweeted and then quickly deleted an image that said, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. That prompted Rockets owner Tim for for Tita to publicly rebuke Maury. I mean, this is some serious fucking upside down world shit. Unbelievable that, that this is a crazy stance. I mean, look at the two topics. I uh, like the positions I'm taking are not mainstream. Apparently it is not mainstream to show support for the protesters in Hong Kong. And it is not mainstream to show support for pulling troops out of Syria and finally, hopefully, ending our occupation of this country and our attack and invasion of it. 
What's the relationship between China and Hong Kong at the moment? Extremely strained. Hong Kong is a special administrative region of the People's Republic of China. Anyway, um, what's the Rockets' relationship with China? Previously excellent, according to a recent survey. The Rockets were the second most popular team in China. That's no surprise, given the fact that Yao Ming played there. Uh, I'm just trying to get through this. Functional impact. Who fucking cares? Okay. Well, let me look up a couple of things, uh, or just a couple of notes that um, I had on this. It's not. It's not long at all. But um, that ain't it. That ain't it. Nope. Here. So, what I found, I mean, if there is one ray of hope, is that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver defended Morey, I think, is a values-based organization that we want to make it clear that Daryl Morey is supported in terms of his ability to exercise his freedom of expression, Silver said in an interview with the News in Japan. Um, then... So China, I don't even know who this part, what a, what this was, but their response, CCTV, so some, you know, fucking communist, China communist TV, they did not agree with Silver's remarks. We are strongly dissatisfied and we oppose Silver's claim to support Mori's right of free expression. We believe that any speech that challenges national sovereignty and social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. And now imagine that this Mori guy, Moray or whatever, the Rockets GM, was inside of China, was a Chinese citizen. They would shut him the fuck up, right? They don't have, like, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. And this is why you don't want to limit the First Amendment. This is why this shit, like... What is hate speech? What is, you know, they had a, I want to find this guy's name. Um, an interview, Dave Smith, he just had a, some, uh, a guy on there on Wednesday. Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes considers himself a paleoconservative or something basically means he wants um you know white people to control the government um outside of that i really didn't hear he said he used to be a libertarian and and then he became an idiot um but you know he this is this is the thing it there is being for a large state or powerful authoritarian government and there's being against it. And, you know, this Nick Fuentes thinks that he is the opposite of China, but he's actually the same. We strongly are dissatisfied and we oppose Silver's claim to support Mori's right of free expression. First of all, maybe they got messed up in translation or something from Chinese because... We oppose Silver's claim to support Mori's right of free expression. It's a very clunky sentence. Of not, I mean, I get 
They don't like it. I get they're negative. They're, they're not happy. But we believe that any speech that challenges national sovereignty and even more vague social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. See? You just, fr- you you know, you it's a, fu- I mean, it is a slippery slope. It is. And hate speech should be protected. It has to be because whoever defines what hate speech is, I mean, they're taught, like, what? why can't you have hate speech? Well, because it challenges the social stability. And now, look, you're fucking China now. You know, I mean, it's you. You don't. You don't even need new laws at this point. You just start to explain the reason, and you're there. And you're Nick Fuentes because he wants to shut up all the people that he thinks are communists or whatever. He wants to use government force and violence to shut them up. But it's like you. You know, you can't. You do that, and you are it. You know, it's the very thing you're trying to shut up is what you would become. So that's all I wanted to say about that. I really don't know where that's going. I mean, it's not, you know, obviously it's not, this is more on the cultural side, you know, and I and I would say, I, I mean, I think most people in the U.S. they don't know a ton about what's going on over there, but probably people. I think I don't think the propaganda machine has quite gotten to making the U.S. populace pro-China and anti-Hong Kong, but I mean, this is a way, right? When the people with the loudest voices are now gonna gonna get silenced or naturally silence themselves over over this kind of thing and start to accept these types of statements that we believe that any speech that challenges national sovereignty and social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. You know, the longer that the more that comes in the mainstream you know, thinking or acceptance. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, gather. So the last thing. Oh, also. It's funny. Turkey's. So for this morning, Turkey's. Um, Wow, what the hell is this guy? Erdogan signals imminent assault on Syrian Kurdish-held city of Manj Beach. This comes, right. So they're going to attack a Syrian city. We'll see how that goes, but I can tell you, I'm sure Turkey's a whole hell of a lot less excited about attacking a Syrian-held city than, you know, a Kurd, Kurdish area. And, uh, and I'm not totally sure. Like, I don't really know even what the deal is, right? Like, what... Um, I 
you know, as far as like where, like what, why, why are they attacking at all right now? I don't know. But uh, the other the other topic I just wanted to touch on real quick. And, and again, I you know, I'm not really going to give a big background on Project Veritas. I, you, you can look it up. They are not banned as of yet. Um, they have almost 400,000 followers on Twitter. They have a lot of Facebook followers. They did a big expose on Google. You know, and all this shit keeps falling on deaf ear, ears. But... Um, but they found like they got they got the president of CNN basically on a lot a lot of audio of him really going after Trump and telling them they got to keep the heat on them and a lot of like people going on kind of you know having like secret cameras recording people that are you know basically just like yeah there's like a total agenda here um, not surprising but let's see we can maybe. Pull it up. Hold up. Here is. Okay. Here we go. Uh, my name is Kerry. Okay, so that is the president, right? So this is in their 9 a.m. call or something for the day, and this is kind of what they're talking about. They're saying, like, you know they they can kind of feel however they feel about Trump but they are just basically forced in um you know I don't I mean forced like certainly they can just leave CNN right I mean um boo hoo but they are continually directed and there was something about God, some other stuff this reporter wanted them to talk about and this guy Zucker the president you know says uh you know, keep the heat on. All we want to talk about is impeachment, impeachment, impeachment. And what do you hear? Impeachment, 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 impeachment. Right? And it like how does this stuff get like this? It's because it's it's crafted to be that way, you know, guys like this. And then who are his bosses? Or, you know, you know, who's he who's he like colluding with, to use one of their terms? And then Uh, my name is Kerry Porch. I'm a satellite uplink technician. I'm a contractor at the CNN Washington, D.C. Bureau. But Jeff Zucker, yeah, basically president of CNN, has a personal vendetta against Trump. It's not going to be positive for Trump. He hates oh, yeah, it. He's yeah, going to yeah. be negative. Uh, I decided to wear a hidden camera. I decided to secretly record the 9 a.m. rundown call meetings, and it's basically run by Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN. at CNN, I mean, it was my dream job. And that dream actually just turned into a nightmare. So I, I just want to say that on Instagram front, I know that there's a lot of people at CNN that are friendly with Lindsey Graham. Time to knock that off. And it's time to call him out. And I think what's going on in America now is really fundamentally uh, the result of years of 
Fox News, fake news, and a propaganda machine. And with what I saw, I'm like, that's pretty much what CNN was. <laughs> like, it's just pumping out propaganda. I just wanted to own where they're at. Like, hey, if we if we lean left, cool. Let's just say we lean left. If we lean right, let it be known. But I, again, it just dovetails back into the thing. I just want people to have the information to make up their own minds. So, yeah. So that's the like two minute overview. I'm not sure how long the the full video is. I actually haven't watched it. I've watched like little bits of it. Um, but yeah, you should check that out. They've definitely done um, some really interesting work in the past, and you know, shed some light on some things. And it's definitely worth looking into. So, you know, I I mean, I don't know what what to say about that. It's pretty obvious. I I don't think. I mean, what I've heard from them isn't terribly shocking. I'm not sure if that would be shocking to your average CNN listener. Uh, I doubt it would be very shocking to your average Fox News listener to hear what the president of CNN actually thinks. I'm not sure that he hides what he's thinking when he's in public. I honestly have not heard Zucker before. I don't think so, at least. So, but, you know, I think that that final point is really the key and that it's, hey, you know, say whatever you want, but if you are claiming to be, you know, objective, then you're definitely lying. So, you know, that it is clear beyond a shadow of a doubt from these tapes that CNN has a, an agenda, you know, attack Fox news, attack Trump impeachment, impeachment. And I mean, they even specifically call out Lindsey Graham no longer, you know, we got to go after him now. I don't remember. I don't know what exact time of, you know, this was in. So not sure what was the motivation there, but, um, so, now the I thought the Google's their their Google project was pretty shocking, and they got people on camera talking about the ability to fix elections and what they've done in the past. You know what they did in the last election and stuff, or change results and control this stuff. I mean, it it was now that was I thought very shocking. This is I think kind of just confirmation what I've just already assumed with a high degree of certainty was true. I would have been amazed if what Project Veritas found out was actually this soccer guy's a real straight shooter. He's a centrist. Yeah, he's he sometimes goes left, he sometimes goes right. He's you know, but he takes every every move by Trump he 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 really you know, analyzes the pros and cons and, and he lets his people also come to their own conclusions. Uh, 
that is not what I thought was happening. And apparently it is not what was happening. So, so there you have that. And so I, a little bit shorter episode today, about what, about an hour, a little under 10 hour and 10 minutes. Not bad. I don't think I need to talk for two hours every time. I wanted to jump in. Now, I've got some very cool stuff coming up. I'm actually hopefully recording it tomorrow. Uh, be my first interview on Whistling in the Dark. Not my first interview ever. I have used to do radio, uh, just Georgia Tech radio. But we were like a legit radio station. I mean, we are just on the FM dial. Like I'm thinking, I don't remember what the 91 something. Anyway, did that. I interviewed a lot of people there over the years. I also did some interviews um, kind of off-site. Best interview, I interviewed Ninth Wonder, the producer. Uh, that was super cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of people and, but I've never done it on video and that's our goal. So we could be releasing now I, I, how we'll do it is we'll record the audio the same way. I mean, we'll set up two mics. Um, so we'll each have our own, you know, and it'll go through all this. So it still should be quality audio that I'll still upload as normal for the podcast, but on YouTube, I'll actually upload the video um, with with the good audio. So hopefully we will be able to get that. It's a you know it's <laughs> um it's the first time really doing this, so I'm having to kind of pull some resources together from people and cameras and people to you know to help out with it. So hopefully we'll everybody's schedule. It was supposed to be tonight, but. One of people had to cancel, so hopefully uh, tomorrow night um, I'll get that. And then I'm not really sure how long. So I, that's why I wasn't concerned. I figured I'd just do this today because I imagine actually editing the video. I can't just do what I do, you know, on the podcast and just wing it and then uh, upload it. Um, you know, we're gonna have to. We'll have two cameras and splice it together, and we'll actually have to make sure everything syncs up because with the audio and. Um, so I, I imagine it's going to be a bit more time consuming. Um, so, but yeah, so check that out. Should be some cool stuff. Um, some interesting um, kind of little bit, a little bit more out there than I normally do, but I uh, don't want to, don't want to, you know, put it out there as who it is yet until I kind of get it locked in, but keep an eye out. And uh, yeah, until then, be happy that we're pulling, you know, troops. I don't know. I guess we didn't even really pull them out. We just moved them. But, hey, we moved them out of harm's way a little bit, maybe. Maybe they'll actually get to leave. You know, forever, forever, and ever be opposed to these foreign wars. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I still don't have a lot of faith in, in, in Donald Trump, but... You know, every once in a while, you know, it says something like this, which is surprising. And, you know, why would he do this? Like, what what are benefits is there? I mean, there's fucking, you know, it's just goddamn Kurdistan and Syria. Like, 
You're just basically getting control, allowing Syria to have control of its own country back. They're probably going to be able to get control of the oil oil fields that they have will get more secure. So, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's it. And I will uh, talk to you guys soon and hopefully on video. Peace.